0: The following is an actor portrayal.
1: With Kindley Assisted Living and Memory Care at Asbury Methodist Village in Montgomery County, you can anticipate more. But don't take our
0: word for it.
1: My dad moved to Kindley and loved it. His apartment was spacious, sunny, and overlooked parkland. It was a great comfort to me to see him always smiling and involved in the life at Kindley.
0: Enjoy quality on-site nursing and rehab services, too. Visit Kindley at Asbury.org today. Equal Opportunity Housing Provider. Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed. If you love Dynasty Leagues and Prospects, you came to the right place, because that's what this show is all about, covering the majors and all levels of the minor leagues to give you the leg up in your Dynasty Leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clegg. All right, Dynasty and Prospect fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 29 of the Fantrax Tool Show with Clay Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host Eric Cross. My apologies for the lateness of the episode this week. Uh, I was very much under the weather, but we have a great episode in store for you all today. And this little delay gave us a big piece of news to add to the to the docket. So I guess that's a silver lining. And joining me, as always, is my esteemed co-host from Fantrax HQ, Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, what's going on, man? How are you? Nice. What's up, Eric? It's good to be back, man. I know it's a couple of days late, but you know, like you
1: said, it's going to be a good day. We've got some some more uh, prospect updates now, which is going to be fun, and uh, it's going to be a good show. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely, it's great to have minor league baseball back, and I got back in the ballpark last Thursday for a game, which we'll we'll talk about here in a, in a little bit later in the episode. But it just felt good to be back in a ballpark for the first time in about I think it was about 20 months or so since you know. Uh, Labor Day weekend 2019 last time I was in the minor league ballpark so just getting all these you know updates and video of minor league action it's just so great to see and we're going to talk about all that today some early early takeaways and news and notes and whatnot but before we get into all that the usual housekeeping you can find us on Twitter Chris is at RotoClegg. I am at Eric Cross 4 and our show is at fan Toolshed. tool shed Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on your preferred podcasting platform. Those ratings and reviews do mean a lot. And please check out our Patreon for extra written content from both of us, bonus podcasts, private Discord access, access to our live Prospect and Dynasty rankings, custom rankings, and much more. These perks are available across four different tiers, starting at $5. Or if you just want to thank and support Chris and I, you can do so for as little as $1 a month. You can sign up today at patreoncom slash toolshed. and make sure to check out all the other great work we have on the network, including uh, obviously all the written work on FanTraxHQ.com and the other podcasts we have, including my other show Five Tool and SP Streamer. All right, let's get into this week's episode. As I mentioned, we're going to be discussing some early season prospect takeaways. As we've already had a ton of noteworthy minor league action, starting with the biggest piece of news in Fantrax Toolshed history. That's right. Drumroll. Jared Kelnick is getting called up. If there's ever a time for me to swear on this podcast, it would be now. Finally, he's getting the call. I know it's been like six games. It doesn't I mean, that might be, not be a long time, but he should have been up <laughs> on opening day. Um, but Chris, how excited? Are, I know nobody can be as excited as me. Like, I don't think anybody can be as excited as... About this call up as me, but how excited are you that Calnick will be up uh, tomorrow when people are listening to this?
1: Yeah, it's uh, pretty excited. Like I said, I don't think I can top your excitement level. Like you said, he he should have broken the opening day roster with the team. We shouldn't have had to wait it this long, but you know, here we are, and he's earned it. You know, with the minor league season just starting, he's mashed so far. He's got a four hundred nine, four fifty eight, six eighty two slash. Got two home runs and two steals to go, and I think he's going to just come up and just dominate right away. He's a great high floor, high ceiling combo. So, you know, I'm expecting him to contribute right away for redraft and dynasty leagues. And I think this is very exciting. I think that you can make an argument that he's top 15 outfielder rest of the season, even at this young age and and just making his debut.
0: I like the way you think, Chris. I like the way you think. I that and I'm right with I'm right there with you. I definitely think he could, and that might be that might seem kind of crazy to say because, uh, like you said, he's young, he's a rookie making his debut, but he has that type of upside. He can hit for a high average. He can get on base. He can hit for power. He can steal bases. And I remember he said before the season that he wanted to steal thirty bases this year, and you know maybe that's a combination of AAA and the majors. I don't, do I think he's going to get to the thirty? Which I means twenty eight in the majors. Probably not, but I can see him rest of the season hitting, you know, 270, 280 or so, 15-plus home runs, you know, close to 15 steals, maybe twenty, fifteen, something like that. And I think he's going to be one of those prospects that just hits the ground running. Just, he said that the floor is so high with him, uh, the tools are just so robust, um, probably comes at the expense of, you think Taylor Trammell gets the boot? I think he might. He doesn't look great. Yeah, probably so. I
1: mean, unfortunately, I was hoping that he would stick, too. But, you know, honestly, their outfield's just been so putrid anyway. You know, it could be any combo of them that (laughs) just go out the window. I mean, who they got? I mean, Mitch Hanniger sticks. Kyle Lewis has been, you know, pretty meh. Sam Haggerty's out there. It's not great. Dylan Moore's, I guess, playing some outfield. Jose
0: Marma Marmalejos, Mar- 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 I always call him Marmalade because I' never can say his actual names. So I call him Marmalade, um <laughs> but yeah marmalejos, um uh, but yeah, that's not a great outfield outside of really Haniger. and I like said like you mentioned chris uh Kyle Lewis has not looked good this year, so there's should be no reason why he can't stick. I like see, yeah, I like to see, yeah, like see Tremel stay up as well, but uh Kelnick is gonna be an absolute stud, you know long term, I have him in my. Dynasty rankings are right. The second 24th overall. And for outfielders, he's only behind Kyle Tucker, Luis Robert, Christian Yelich, Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Soto and Acuna. So he's already a top 10 dynasty outfielder for me. Uh, Chris, where do you have him in your OBP dynasty rankings? Is he, is he top 25 for you as well? Or you have him a little lower than that? He's 25th on the number right now. So okay, that <laughs> could change. I think he can move,
1: definitely move up. I don't, I'm not going to move him down, even if he struggles. You know, with his with this type of pedigree, you know, some prospects come up and struggle. I don't think he's going to, but if he does, it doesn't warrant him being dropped. You know, because there's an adjustment period. But I think he hits the ground running. I think he could. He has the upside where he could be a fantasy first rounder next year.
0: Yep, I agree, and that's why I put him in like my dark horse pick for you know potential fantasy first rounders next year, because with how the community likes to. You know the, the shiny new toys, so to speak. If he puts up like a let's say two seventy five ish average, close to twenty home runs, fifteen or so steals, that might push him pretty damn close to the first round next year, or at least second round. He'll be if he performs as expected. You should damn well expect to see him at least in the second round next year, probably pushing first round and, and fifteen teamers because he is that good, and he should be a long-term of first rounder for fantasy for sure. And, and now that he's up, like we, we could, I could talk about Kelnick this entire episode, but we get a lot more to get into here. So let's move on. Uh, but now that Kelnick's up, you know, the, the question I've been getting asked on Twitter, and I'm sure you have as well, Chris, is you know, who's next? Like who are the next guys to stash? So get, give a few names here. Um, that people should be stashing now that Kelnick's up.
1: Uh, well, I think that the obvious, you know, are, are Wander and probably Vidal Bruhan. Those are ones that I think could be up sooner. I'm not totally sure, and that's the question mark, and that's what we keep getting asked. We don't know, you know, we don't know when these guys get the call. Did didn't expect Larnick to get the call this early, but you know, so injuries played in. So things can happen quickly and change the game. But there's one guy in particular that I'm kind of thinking that may get the call sooner and later. And that's the Marlins Jesus Sanchez, who has just been absolutely mashing. Now yeah. he had some major hit tool concerns that kind of caused me to push him down prospect rankings, but he's looked really good this year so far. And he's got in he's got 15 hits and 28 at bats, which is nuts. A .556 average, 571 OBP's only walked just one time. But his slug is 1074. It's ridiculous. He had three home runs. He's looked absolutely fantastic. And you love to see that. And even the strikeout rate is improved. And that's something that I really wanted to see from him coming in. And only at 10.7%. You no, know, it's a small sample, but you know, definitely look at those signs as encouraging. And that Marlins outfield is just terrible. You know, we yeah. talked about the Mariners outfield. The Marlins outfield is right there with them. You know, they're running Adam Duvall out there in center field. They're they're pretty rough. Corey Dickerson. You, know, you just look at this list of guys, Lewis Brinson, even, you know, they need some help. <laughs> when so, you have to go
0: back to the Lewis Brinson. Well, you know, you're in, you're hurting for for production. It's not ideal. So that's no, not,
1: you know, Sanchez could come up and, you know, he got a little taste last year of the majors and it didn't go well. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him come up, especially if he stays hot. They can't keep him down. There's there's no way to keep him down at this point if he keeps mashing because they definitely need the help. And you know, from what I've seen so far, I'm I'm definitely encouraged and hope that it sticks. Again, it's a small sample, but you know, the early returns have been really really good for him.
0: Yeah, and he's got as we're recording this, he's had another home run tonight. Uh, he's one uh, one for one, two runs scored, uh, two run home run, also walked, and so yeah, slashing at, at the moment five seventy one. 600 with a 1179 slugging. So that's, that's not bad. Uh, but yeah, w- w- with Sanchez, he's always kind of like flashed certain tools throughout his minor league career. It's not like kind of all at the same time, like early on, he kind of flashed the hit tool. And at one point he was flashing the raw power. Then he flashed him speed and athleticism, but never really could put it all together. Uh, he was kind of, he's kind of teasing us really. And See, so, yeah, and I over you know, the last year or two, I'd moved him down my rankings a bit as well. Uh, but at the same time, I knew that he could vault right back up there with a good showing, uh, and he's doing that so far this year. And like you mentioned, the Miami outfield is worse than Seattle's outfield. At least Seattle has Mitch Haniger out there. Miami has absolutely nobody. Uh, so I could definitely see him getting the call soon. You know, maybe JJ Blade later in the season, not right now, but. He's a potential midseason call up. So, deeper leagues. um, You get a lot of bench spots. I could see stashing him as well. Uh, Another one uh, I want to mention Jaron Duran from my Red Sox, uh, off to a really, really good start. Had two home runs today, including an absolute tank job that I think went like 450 or so. He's up to three home runs on the season. Showing that the all the power gains that were talked about last year at the alt site and what he showed in spring training, that is just continuing. Makes me feel better and better about his you know future power potential. Even though, like I've mentioned before, lefty power at Fenway does get a little suppressed. So let's not go crazy here with power projections for Jaron Duran. But uh, speaking of bad outfield, you know, yeah, Hunter Renfro is heating up a little bit now, but. We've seen this out of Hunter Renfro, right? Like he, he heats up for like a week or two, then he goes into hibernation for two months. So he'll go into hibernation again, even, even if he doesn't. Franchi Cordero has been absolutely terrible, hitting well under 200, striking out close to 40%. Just doesn't look right at the plate right now. So if this continued, another couple of weeks of him struggling, plus Duran excelling in at uh, AAA, I could definitely see uh, Duran getting the call up. Who who are you more excited about though, Chris, for fantasy purposes this year, Jaron Duran or Jesus Sanchez?
1: Probably Duran. I just think he has a higher floor, and that swing change you mentioned really changed the game for him. You know, before he was a, a good contact guy with with a lot of speed, and that swing adjustment, just where he's placing the bat before you know he's he swings, has really caused him to gain a lot of power and loft. And, and I think there's you know, 2020 upside here with him. So if he can hit that, and I think the floor, like the hit tool is just much better than Sanchez. Unless you know, Sanchez has made a major stride in the off season. And so I think Duran's a safer bet to come up and hit against big league pitching, which I think Sanchez has the chance to get exposed. So I, depending on when they get called up, you know, I think Duran is the guy that I'd be wanting on my team.
0: Yep. I agree there. And another one here that, you know, you, you mentioned briefly, Vidal Brujan is off to a great start so far this season in Triple-A, showing a great power stroke, which is really, really encouraging because when when I saw him at the Arizona Fall League back in 2019, you know, just looking at – and I'd seen video, obviously, of him before, but just seeing him live, I'm like, I I think there's more untapped potential here in the power department. And, no, I don't think he's ever going to be like a 20-25 homer mash or anything like that, but – you know, with his bat speed, that he gets a good amount of torque in his swing. He can drive the ball in the air. He gets some loft under a swing. I think he could be a 15 to 18 homer guy at peak. And, you know, I don't think that's too far off. I think he do that within the next couple of years. And he's another example of just showing that you don't need to be a massive guy to hit for power. Like, I remember early career D.J. LeMahieu when he was still out in Colorado. Like what's, we'll what make you like six, four or something like that. Like a bigger guy. He was hitting like 11, 12, 13 home runs a season. I'm like, and I was like, why are you not hitting for more power? Like you're a big dude, like hit for power. Um, but this shows that you don't have to be big guy, hit for power. think like, Jared Kellnick's not a big guy. He's I think six foot or so, maybe six one. And he's a 30 home run bat. So, you know, this shows that the bat speed and getting loft behind the barrel control, That's all there for Vidal Brujan. And if he gets up to that 15 to 18 homer range to pair with a plus hit tool, uh, he's a 296 career hitter in the minor leagues, 380 OBP, almost as many walks as strikeouts, 193 to 200. And that double plus speed where he could be a 30 to 40 steal threat, I I think he's going to be the raised long term leadoff hitter hitting in front of Wander. where he ends up, that's kind of the question. Like This year at AAA, he's made two starts at second base and three in the outfield, kind of all over the outfield. Uh, I think long-term, he's their center fielder. Uh, I've seen others echo that as well. Um, but it doesn't matter where he is. The, I think the the upside with him is just so high with his, his all-around offensive potential. He's going to be a fantasy stud. And I think we could see him, you know, maybe by the end of June, he might even be up before Wander. I do think Wander gets up first, but I think he could be up before Wander. Do you agree with that? Or you see Wander up first?
1: I think that you're right. I think he could come up first. I just think they want to make sure that Wander's ready. And I think he's clear he is, but you know, I could definitely see that move happening and, you know, they both could come around the same time. That'd be a lot of fun if, if both oh, came that'd up, be awesome! Yeah, if they call them up on the same day. That'd be <laughs> yeah. Phenomenal. The is just like, "Screw it, get them both up." <laughs> right, but no, I, I think I would if I had to bet on it, I'd say Bruhan comes up first.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I'm with you there. I think both are up by the All Star break. I think there's a good chance they both are, Um, especially yeah. I think Bruhan's definitely going to be up because he's a couple years older, maybe a little more. He's obviously got a little more se- minor league seasoning. Like you mentioned, I don't think they want to rush Wander. I think they want to let him dominate for a month or two at triple A, which he probably will do. No, no concerns about him not doing that. Um, yeah. Both of them are definitely great stashes. Everybody should be stashing Wander. If he, if he's not stashing your league, find yourself a new league, but <laughs> um, yeah, stash, you know, Brujan, be stash Jaron Duran, Jesus Sanchez uh, real quick on the pitching side of things, you know, Chris, you and I were talking before we started recording. I there's not a ton of pitchers I want to stash right now. Like, yeah, okay, Sixto is probably his one, but you know he's probably not available in anyone's league right now. You know, outside of the big names like Logan Gilbert, Mackenzie Gore, maybe like a Matt Manning, Nate Pearson. Now that he's been sent back down, there's not a ton of guys I want to stash because you know, like look look at last year the Ian Anderson's and Sixto's those types of performances don't happen nearly as often as they do like on the hitting side of things. So for fantasy purposes, I don't usually like stashing too many pitching prospects. But uh, for redraft, but if I were to stash a couple, I'd probably go with Gore, go with Gilbert. Um, Those probably the big two right there. Anybody else you can think of or?
1: No, I mean that's it's pretty shallow. I think you've got those top arms that could come up at any time, but there's no rush. I think Gilbert's probably the next up. I think you're probably looking at him by the end of this month. Gore, I think it's a question mark. You know, hard to say for sure when he comes up because you know what are they? Well, we don't know what the Padres are wanting to do with him, which has been the tough thing. And so I think they want to see him get the command under control a little bit. In the minors, which is fine, but you know, I would say Gilbert's definitely the guy that is likely up soon. And so if Pearson getting sent back down kind of sucks. You know, hard to know when he'll get come get called back up. Matt Manning's a guy that could possibly, you know, get a start soon. He looked solid tonight. You know, as we're recording this, and it's I mean their rotation needs some help. So he could he's one that potentially could get the call, and I'd love to see
0: that. Uh, maybe same.
1: Liberatore? I don't know. You, could, could you see Liberatore coming up this year?
0: I could, especially with him getting the AAA assignment, which really surprised me. I thought he was to be AA. I was almost certain he was going to be AA, and then he's on AAA. Uh, so I, I think they they think in St. Louis that he's nearly ready, or at least closer than maybe we all think on the outside. So yeah, I could see Liberatore coming up, but same time, am I? Really excited about stashing Matthew Liberatore. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I like I like him. He's a top 100 prospect for me, no doubt. But I don't know. It's it's like I said, pitching prospects don't usually make a huge impact right away. You just take them a little longer to find their footing at the major league level. And I don't know. I'm just not excited about stashing him. Manning would be great. I, I obviously I'm still incredibly high on Matt Manning, even when others have kind of waned in their rankings of him. But this is a strikeout upside with him. is it's so massive. I like think he can be a 30-plus percent strikeout rate guy uh, with that fastball, curveball changeup to see if he continues to improve that changeup in his overall command. You know, yeah, This year, he's racking up the case so far this year, you know, giving up some runs. But uh, I still think he's the best arm You know, in that organization long-term. I think he's better than Scooball better than Mize. Uh, so I would love to see him come up too. But – yeah, I think that Gilbert and Gore are the two big ones and you know they had a, a duel first first game of the season that'd be a game to be at Logan Gilbert yeah. versus Mackenzie Gore Gilbert got the got the win there he went five strong Gore looked a little shaky so still was showing some command issues uh walked a few but um no no worries there you know everyone keeps yeah. still mentioning mentioning the yeps and all that you know yeah maybe there's some command issues there which I do think there are and that he's kind of working through but You know, like we mentioned, what does that mean? He's maybe showing 50 command right now instead of 60. So um, I I still think that he's going to be fine long-term. So no worries there. As we're talking about stashing, there's been an interesting development down in Jacksonville,
1: Miami's AAA. Uh, We talked about Jesus Sanchez. He's actually pulled from the game. There was no apparent injury. Apparently he made a routine play in the outfield and then came out after that inning and also, we've got Jazz Chisholm and Jorge Alfaro down there uh, rehabbing, and they both came out of the game as well. So this is an interesting development. Maybe Sanchez is getting the call. We shall see. That will be fun if uh, we we see this happening. And we're talking about it on the pod. So watch out for that. You know, maybe by the time you're listening to this, he has gotten
0: the call. But you know, he could be up soon. That'd be a lot of fun. Look at that! A little bit of breaking news here on the Fan Tracks Toolshed Podcast from Mr. Clegg about Jesus Sanchez. Yeah, that that sounds like he could be getting the call. Either that or all three of them had some some bad shrimp before the game in the clubhouse <laughs> or something. Who knows? And But, uh, yeah, it, that's something to definitely keep an eye on here every time people are listening to this t- on Wednesday. Yeah, maybe he's gotten the call. So uh, he's worth a – if he did, I think – I'm trying to think what league size I would look at Jesus Sanchez in. I don't know, but tw- I think definitely 14-plus teamers I would. 12, uh, I'd have to really think about it, but um, definitely intriguing in, in deeper leagues for sure. Uh, see if he can finally put it all together and you know look better than he did last year. Like you mentioned, he did not look good last year, but the tools are still there. Still some impressive tools, so definitely one to keep an eye on for sure. Moving on to the Mets here, all the Mets' top-hitting prospects are really kind of looking good so far this season. That's not a Khalil Lee, but I don't like to consider him a top prospect. But Francisco Alvarez is absolutely mashing. Uh, 27 plate appearances, 529, 667, 882 slugging. He has nine walks to two strikeouts. That's insane. Nine walks to two strikeouts. Obviously, he won't be walking four and a half times as as much as he strikes out for the entire season. But that plate approach is phenomenal. Uh, Ronnie Mauricio hit his third home run today, actually showing power. Maybe he is a avid listener of the Fantrax Toolshed and wants to you know, <laughs> stick it to Chris. We'll see, um, but that's uh, encouraging development there with his power. Brett Beatty's off to a decent start. Pete Curl Armstrong as well. Uh, no home runs for him, but slashing 450, 593, 550 so far. Six walks to five strikeouts out of the steel. in, two doubles, six runs. You know, really just a lot to like here. And, you know, I really like PCA. I said he's he's not going to ease the Kelnick, you know, losing Kelnick for Mets fans. But I think Crow Armstrong is going to be a very, very good all-around player. He's good, you know, good defensively, you know, in, in center field, hit for average, some speed, you know, a little bit of pop there as well. I think he could be like a you know top-of-the-order type of bat. And if the power comes along, if he, if he even shows double-digit power, I think he could be a you know, top 40 or so prospect end of the season. But, you know, what are your thoughts just on any of these guys so far this season?
1: Yeah, you definitely love to see it. And I'm willing to be wrong on Mauricio, even in spring training, when he looked bigger and improved, he still didn't show any power. So, you know, I'm willing to bite the bullet and be wrong on that. You know, we're wrong often with prospects. And so I'm fine. You know, if he if he pans out, then good for him. You know, I'll be happy for him. But, yeah, I mean, Francisco Alvarez is the guy I think that replaces – Adley Rochman is the top catching prospect in the game after uh, Adley graduates. And yeah, it's looking promising so far. Alvarez just looks like a stud and he's so young and just absolutely just mashing. And you, you like to see that, you know, his power is going to come around. You're going to see more home runs, but the plate approach is very, very impressive. And PCA as well. I think he's going to continue to grow into that power. You know, right now it's been minimal. You, you see, he's got a, OBP hired in a slug, which is
0: interesting, <laughs> but,
1: you know, I'm not too worried about that. He's another young one that I think will come around with time. So, no, it's encouraging. All these guys can, you know, be major impacts with time. And so uh, I like what I see so far. They're young, a lot of development still to be had, but you are definitely encouraging signs early from the Mets.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I guess we can, we can touch on this now, even when we talk about pitchers after the break, one not so encouraging news you know to come out of the Mets org our boy Matthew Allen needs Tommy John surgery cue the boos boo you know this is a pro Matt Allen podcast in every way shape and form that's just a bummer you know like he was one that was really starting to move up everyone's rankings and showing his you know, kind of front line upside now we got to put that on pause you know long term does this change your opinion of matt allen long term or are you still all in and this is just a you know a one year you know 15 month delay
1: i still like the outlook long term but i do think that it pushes back his eta so far that you know it's almost worth selling if somebody's willing to buy and you know from my standpoint like i still think that he's capable of vaulting to like a top 50 prospect upon return. but right now you're you're probably looking at a minimum of like an ETA of 2024. You know, he's going to miss, you know, probably 15 months. I can't really see him coming up sooner. And so that's kind of concerning. And from a dynasty standpoint, you know, I'm more than willing to part with him if someone's willing to buy and give me something that can help me sooner. And so, you know, I'm trying to think like, would you trade him right now for Matthew Libertore? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's That's definitely interesting. They aren't too far apart. Right. towards closer. Yeah, if if I was a win now team, I could see I could make that move.
1: Right. So you know he can contribute much sooner. He's ranked a little bit lower, and you know, dude, I don't think it's a bad move at all. So you know, I would consider that. I'd consider selling at the right cost because you are gonna have to wait a long time on Allen. Even though I like the talent, I like the progression he made. It, it's really bad time, and it really stinks that we're gonna have to wait even longer before we. We see this breakout that I thought he would have this year.
0: Yeah, it's really unfortunate because the arrow was firmly pointing up on Matt Allen, uh, potential to move into, you know, top 10 pitching prospects in the game territory. But, yeah, this it, this sucks. But, you know, it doesn't it's not surprising. Like a, a lot of these prospects get Tommy John early in their career or whatever. So, you know, let's have to wait a little bit longer for Matt Allen. But yeah, I agree with what you said that maybe it's a good time to sell. Maybe it's you know a rebuilding team that's you know contention windows not for a couple of years could be a valuable piece to that person so definitely worth exploring that um, in your league. Uh, moving over out to the west coast here, trio of prospects all you know, all easily top 100 top 50 guys here are impressive so far this season. Heliot Ramos for the Giants, Corbin Carroll for the Diamondbacks and my boy Robert Hassel the third for the Padres, you know, we'll start with Ramos here. Cause he is the only one that might have some 2021 value. Chris, first off, do you see Ramos up later this season? And just what, what are your thoughts of him in general?
1: Yeah, I think he, he can debut. I mean, he's still young. He's only 21 and you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see him come up. He's got all the talent in the world and you know, he's been mashing at double a and you're, you're seeing everything that you want to see from him, you know, big power. He's putting up big exit velocities, you know, solid contact, high walk rates. It's all the things you want to see from him. And so I'm definitely encouraged and I wouldn't be surprised to see him up and make that impact soon. You know, he could be up probably, I wouldn't say he's worth stashing right now, but I think by towards the end of the season, he could definitely be up and making an impact for the giants. And so he's, he's really jumping up for me and you know, he's, he's very exciting.
0: Yeah, so far this season in twenty-five plate appearances in double A, four twenty-nine, five twenty, eight fifty-seven slash. He's got three doubles, two home runs, uh, even threw in two steals for good measure, four walks to six strikeouts. Just kind of doing it all. And he's shown that upside. He doesn't have huge speed, but enough speed to get in like that ten to twelve steal range, you know, above average hit tool plus power. So yeah, definitely uh, intriguing bat there that could be up later this season, uh, and someone that I've been pretty high in for a while, and you know I kind of stuck by him even during you know his kind of lull when he was not doing so well when he was one of the lower, um, should be one of the younger players at, at single Lake a couple years ago. So uh, definitely a lot of intrigue there. And then moving on to you know Carroll and Hassel, you know people have asked me like who's going to be my next prospect crush now that Kalanick's up, it might be Robert Hassel. Like the the kid just looks like an all-star outfielder in the making. Can just do everything well offensively, easy, easy plus hit tool. You got above average speed, you know, above average raw power that I think can push up in the plus territory at, you know, uh, in time with some more, you know, physical projection on his frame and, he drives the ball in the air very well. The bat speed is great. So I think he could be like a 25-homer guy in time with like 15 to 20 steals, a high average. Now he's going to be, I think by this time next year, he could be a guy that I'm ranking top 10. And maybe I'm a little too high on Rubber Hassle, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on Hassel?
1: He's a stud, man. And I think you know, I was too low on him coming into the draft. I think he was more of the... The unknowns. I think we knew that he had a really solid hit tool, but you know, what kind of power was he gonna develop? And you know, the power's been there. He look at his plate approach, it's been really, really good. I mean, the strikeout rates, uh, you know, twenty-five percent right now. It's not bad. It's it's okay. We can live with that though when he's walking at a high clip. He's he's mashing baseball, he's already got two home runs, which is definitely encouraging. And when we didn't really know what kind of power output we have, But I think there's you know probably at least twenty home run upside here, and we know he's got the speed as well with the hit tool. I think you're looking at like a really really solid outfielder. Just you know he's going to be get that San Diego tax soon, and his value is going to be crazy high. So if you want him, you might have to go out and get him ASAP before he really takes off.
0: You know I'll give a a spoiler here in my updated prospect rankings, which uh, if you are a Patreon member in our seventy grade tier. You could see this right now because we that gives you live access to our prospect and dynasty rankings, so you don't have to wait for our on-site updates on FantraxHQ.com. I have moved Hassel into my top twenty-five, uh, and maybe before I post an update within the next week or so on Fantrax, I might move him up in my top twenty as I am that high on him. He's so advanced beyond his years, like he doesn't look like a prep bat. You know, nineteen-year-old prep bat. That was just Raff. He looks like a guy that was at Vanderbilt for three years and you know has as much seasoning and experience under his belt as like a Austin Martin or something like that. So I think he's kind of like an Austin Martin type player, but with more kind of category potential, more a little more power speed upside. Obviously, he's not as you know seasoned as Austin Martin is, but yeah, definitely super high on him. And then Corbin Carroll, you know. I just keep moving him higher and higher in my rankings. Every t- this season he's doing Corbin Carroll type things, hitting for power, hitting for average, you know, stealing bases. He's kind of doing it all, you know, through his first 29 plate appearances. Excuse me. Slashing 435, 552, 913 with a double, two triples, two home runs, uh, three steals, nine runs scored. Six walks to seven Ks, just doing it all. You know, I think there's a chance that he could be the number one dynasty prospect on some list by the end of the year because Kellenick will graduate, Franco will graduate, and then then you get that cluster of Julio Rodriguez, CJ Abrams, Bobby Witt Jr., Luciano Torque. He is very much in that tier. And if he keeps showing this kind of all around upside, kind of stud upside. I think you could see some places having him number one. I don't know if I'll go there. I I think I still like Abrams a little bit more, but definitely could be in that conversation. What do you think? Do you think that's kind of too high for him or do you think that's legit?
1: No, I don't think it's too high at all. I think you know we kind of got aggressive with him in the off season before we even saw this. And I think I pushed him to like 12 during the off season, just from the reports out of the, you know, instructs and the alt site. And I think now that we're seeing the results, it's hard to, hard to argue with what he's doing. I mean, I think he's got like 20 home run power, honestly, and that's all he needs. He's got like 30 steel upside the hit tool. He can hit 300. He's an absolute stud. And you watch him fly around the bases and, and he had that inside the park home run that, you know, wasn't really an inside the park home run because the bad throw, but you know, he just, glides around the base and when he was turning around second it's just like unreal that speed and so you know he's going to steal as much as he wants or is allowed to and you know i do think that 30 steals is more than attainable there's a high obp floor there's a ton to like he's got a unique profile and you know it's really hard to give a great comp on him but he's he's that good he's that unique and the early returns have been Nothing but promising. So, yeah, I think there's a great argument to to already push him into the top 10 and even further you know, the more we see this.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I think he might be top five for me my next update. That would mean I have to push him ahead of, like, Luciano, Tork. I don't know. He, he'll be at at the lowest. He'll be eighth. He'll be anywhere from fifth to eighth. I just got to figure out where he slots into that range because it's, it's tough. It's, I love all those guys in that range that I just mentioned. Um, Last one here, before we hit the break, any other hitting prospects for you that have really stood out this year that you want to talk about real quick? I mean, you know, you got to talk
1: about what Trevor Hover's been doing, (laughs) kind of coming out of nowhere where he's just been dominant. He's hit six bombs already in 26 plate appearances. He's got a slash of 556, 654. Hold on. This is his slug. This isn't his OPS. It's sixteen (laughs) eleven slugging percentage. (laughs) It's It's all right. Nuts. Yeah. It's okay. You know, and people, we've got a lot of questions about him because, you know, it's like, who is this dude? He's come out of nowhere. Like, where's he going to be ranked? And this is a guy who was in the middle of a breakout, in my opinion, before he got drafted in the shutdown season. And, you know, that's what makes it interesting. You know, we don't know for sure, but there could have been so many adjustments during that period of shutdown that he could have made and it's like so we don't know and this could be who he really is because all right so the shortened season 17 games at asu in 2020 he i would say is in the middle of breakout after first two seasons he's slashing 339 494 695 with five bombs and you look at previous you know his freshman year he hit 227 then sophomore year it jumped he hit 339 actually with 13 bombs kind of went unnoticed under the radar a little bit, in my opinion. And then, you know, he's following that up that senior year, just, you know, dominating again. And so I think this could be legit. And I think in most dynasty formats, you need to add them and just see if it sticks. You know, worst case, you cut them. But I'm adding, in a dynasty league I'm in that, there's 14 teams and 20 minor leaguers, a roster. I added them because I just want to see where it goes. You know, in worst case, I cut them and, and find somebody else later, but I'm only going to take a shot here and see if it's legit or not. And, you know, let's ride it out and see what we can do. So now I'm a fan.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's been on an absolute tear. I, I wonder if, <clears throat> excuse me, I wonder if he would have gotten a little more pub if he wasn't in the, in the shadow of torque and workman, Alika Williams, all those, you know, early round infielders on that team at Arizona State last year. And maybe he would have gotten a little more hype, maybe, a, you know, maybe not around earlier, but maybe people would have known the name Trevor Halver a little more because, yeah, the guy can hit. Obviously, this is, you know, a really ridiculous start, but it definitely a name to keep an eye on here in Dynasty Leagues. And, you know, if he, I'd say he's probably close to a top 250 prospect for me. So if your league roster is 250 plus prospects, definitely go out there and see if Trevor Halver is available. And That's going to lead us into a break here. We'll be right back to talk some pitching prospects, so stick with us. All right, welcome back from the break, talking some early season prospect takeaways, talking a lot of hitters so far. So let's go over to the pitching side of things. Let's start with some live scouting. Woo! Uh, I was able to see Simeon Woods Richardson uh, last Thursday in Portland. When the New Hampshire Fisher Cats came into town, and I was impressed. Uh, I was already a big Simeon Wood Richardson guy, uh, but he really impressed me. And it was funny, I was watching his, I was getting video of his pregame bullpen, which is down the left field line uh, at Hadlock Field. And this older gentleman was kind of, you know, five or so feet from me, getting, you know, recording as well. So I was nice. I noticed, I like, hi, I'm Eric. And, I forget what he said his name was, but the last name was Wood Richardson. And he's like, that's my boy down there. So it was his father. So that was kind of cool. I was talking with his father for about 10 minutes or so. It was about baseball and you know his experience coming to you know Maine for the first time. So that was awesome. And then Wood Richardson looked really good during the game. Uh, fastball sat, you know, mostly 91 to 94, topped out at 95 a couple of times. Uh, Changeup, which is in the low 80s. Uh, was an above average pitch, even though I didn't get any great video of it. So unfortunately, I missed all the good ones. Um, Curveball is a plus pitch for me. Uh, it's close to a twelve to six breaker, kind of more like eleven to five, I guess I'd say. But um, hard downward break, and you know, he was bearing it below the zone. He's landing it for strikes. He got, I think, three of his eight strikeouts on that pitch, if I recall, uh, including one looking to end his outing. Um, overall, it was four innings pitched. I think it was three hits, one run, eight strikeouts. Looked really good. Kind of so, so there were some command issues in that fourth inning, which is where he gave up a, you know, a lot of that damage. But one really intriguing thing was he was throwing a slider, and I saw him throwing it in pregame, and it was sharp. But he was putting it basically every single one in the dirt, and that trend kind of continued in games. I think in the game he I think he he threw I think I recorded five, four or five sliders. Looks sharp. You got one strikeout on one. If you want to look at it, uh, look at my profile. I put a video of that out there, and I'll, I'll have a, a scouting report out on on site pretty soon here. Um, but the slider looked good. It seems, I think he needs some more reps with it. Um, but overall, I was very impressed. He looked good again tonight. Another five strong innings. You now one run, eight Ks. So I think you know he's definitely a name on the rise. You know, what are your thoughts on Woods and Chris? How how big how high on, on him are you? Yeah, and I think we we talked about him a little bit in our uh, prospect pitcher breakout episode
1: where we talked about how he could easily make a big jump this year, and especially with a lot of arms getting ready to graduate. You know, you look at a lot of the guys that are have debuted or will soon debut, and you know he could easily make that jump soon. I think he could push as a top fifty prospect. I think a lot of it's on will hinge on his command and control, but I think that it's definitely there. I mean, he's got a, a good arsenal of pitches. You know, the velo, you'd hope that it would be a little higher, I think, at this point. Like, he hasn't gained a ton of velo since high school, but, you know, he's still young. He's just 20 years old. And what he's doing already at that age, I think, is quite impressive. And so, you know, I'm giving him plenty of time. He was young when he came out, when he got drafted. He was just, I mean, he debuted at 17 in rookie ball. And, you know, it was pretty impressive every stop pretty much. And so I'm I'm anxious to see what he'll do. If he keeps the walk rates down and, and keeps this strikeout rate in here 30%, you know, I can easily see him becoming a top 50 overall prospect and, you know, top 10 pitching prospect, top 7-ish. You could definitely see that. He's got the upside for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I think he just needs to – I think the command can use a little bit of refinement there. Which that's kind of what got him in trouble in the fourth inning where he gave up a couple of runs. A couple were unearned, but um, yeah, definitely like what I see. And if that slider kind of becomes a another weapon for him, which if flashed, like a few that he threw flashed above average to plus, um, but obviously he just didn't have a great feel for it. But if he gets more reps with that slider, uh, I definitely agree. I think he's got back end SP2 upside or high end SP3. And I think he definitely could be, a Big riser here moving forward, and another one another pitching prospect in the Toronto system that is rising up rankings and dominant so far this season Alec Manoa. You know, the hype on him right now is kind of getting out of control. Um, but his first outing in triple A, I was hoping he'd get assigned to double A. I was actually hoping that he, uh, SWI, I knew Woods Richardson was there and Clough. And then I was hoping Peterson would get a rehab start there. I was hoping like four games to see all four of them. That was a pipe dream. Um, But Manoa, AAA, first outing, six innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, 12 strikeouts. Now, Chris, are you kind of buying the hype? You know, are are you as kind of high as everyone else is on Manoa? And what do you see from him moving forward? Yeah, I think I'm coming around on him. And this is somebody that a lot of people
1: made moves on in the offseason and you know his combination of fastball and slider is pretty deadly and the changeup I think is probably his hinge pitch of whether he can be an high upside starter and you know the command i think has improved and you know he's showing things that you want to see he's 23 years old now we didn't see him pitch since 2019 until now so everything we had was just reports but you know the reports were good and now he backs it up with with what we've seen so far and that outing was you know absolutely Dominant. And so I think that, you know, he can make a jump. I think I had him around like maybe 125 overall in my prospect rankings prior, but I think he definitely deserves to be pushed up more. And, you know, he could make that push. You know, he might push ahead of Simeon Woods Richardson if he keeps this up. I mean, obviously, when you pitch like that, it's hard to argue with what you're doing, but we'll see. You know, one start was. Phenomenal, but let's hope that he continues that and we keep seeing this because the results were were fantastic. And you know, I think that even he can make his debut this year, which would be pretty impressive if he did come up. You know, never pitching above low A before this year, and you know he skips to Triple A, and you know that start was fantastic. A lot of people think he could make his debut later in the season. That you know, the Blue Jays could definitely use an arm, so we'll see. But yeah, I think it's definitely encouraging the The results back of the reports that we got this off season. So we'll see if the trends continue. So he's one that I think could make a jump.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I have moved him up my rankings, not quite as high as, as others have, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely coming, coming around to him as well. And, you know, buying into him more and yeah, it was really kind of, uh, it surprised me that he got the assignment, the triple A, I thought he'd be double A as well, but kind of like Tor, but Definitely think he could be up this season. I mean, like, like you said, they need an arm. You know, Pearson hasn't looked great so far. Even I still like Pearson more long term, but you know, all three of these arms—Pearson, Wood Richardson, and Manoa—are very good long-term arms. That's a, you know, that's that's a good thing to have up there in Toronto. Um, some other pitching prospects here off to some hot starts. You know, sticking the AL East here for a second. DL Hall is dominating. First two starts have been absolutely dominance uh, this outing tonight as we're recording five innings two hits no walks no one run runs nine strikeouts and that follows up a another dominant out uh, outing in his first start last week where he went four and a third two hits no runs two walks 10k so he now has 19 strikeouts across nine <laughs> third innings now we, we talked about him a little bit you know, in the off season, Chris, but how we both kind of thought that, you know, the stuff was there, but the commands and control issues were kind of limiting his upside a bit. Are you still kind of in that mindset or are you kind of buying into DL Hall a bit more now? I mean, he definitely looks the part and, you know, the walks, I think still
1: could come back to haunt him. He's just walked two in those nine and a third innings, but you know, the command just hasn't been there in the past. It's, you know, looking better, but, you know, still right now the walk rate, it's okay. But we'll see if it continues. I mean, even if he posts around a 10% walk rate, it'll play with his stuff, I think. I think the concern was that he'd be, like, closer to 15% like he had been previously. But, you know, so far the returns have been good. He's been absolutely dominant. And when you strike out hitters at that rate, you know, you you can get away with walking a, a few. So, you know, he's been encouraging and he's another one. I think he could debut later this season, which would be definitely interesting. But yeah, he's one I'm watching closely and one that, you know, if the command sticks, then I think he makes a huge jump up rankings.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because the stuff is filthy. There's there's no doubting that. And, and he was already a top 100 prospect for me. I could see him vaulting into my top 50 here. Uh, if he continues his dominant ways this season. Um yeah, he's gonna be a problem in the AL East. You know, which I wish my why can't my Red Sox get a prospect, pitching prospect like this? Who knows? Maybe maybe we get one of them in the draft. You know, in a couple months, maybe we get a Kumar Rocker or something. But um, we'll see. But it definitely very intrigued by the start of DL Hall of the season. You know, another another one that had another good outing here tonight makes two in a row. Hunter Green of the Reds. First start last week, five innings, three hits, one run, zero walks, which is exciting, and eight strikeouts. And tonight, another great outing. Five innings, two hits, two runs, one walk, seven Ks. Now, we're really getting back into the groove here after missing so, so much time due to injury. Is he another one, Chris, that you, Do you think he could be kind of shooting up in the top 50 as well this season? And who and who do you like more, long-term him or all? That's tough. I... I fear that green is a long-term reliever, but you know, mm.
1: what we've seen has been good. So it's hard to argue with that, but the fastball is kind of flat. And I think that's the worries that he's going to get hit hard. Eventually, you know, velocity is great, but you know, right. if it's flat and you throw it in the zone, <laughs> you're going to get hit. And, yeah. you know, If you're, if your fastball of 102 miles an hour is getting hit, you know, it's coming off the bat equally as hard. So you're going to get hit hard there, but no, I'm pleased with what we've seen so far from him. It's just how long can he sustain this, and is he going to end up getting hit hard? I think that's the question, Mark. But the talent's always been there. He's got the upside. I think especially after that spring training start where he just got obliterated, this is encouraging to see. So he could definitely could make the jump, but I do fear that there's definitely some reliever risk here.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Like you mentioned, velocity is great. Like If you're throwing triple digits – that's all fine and dandy, but you need movement on it. Maybe not Dustin May movement necessarily, but you need some sort of movement on it to be effective. Because hitters can hit velocity. You know, if you're in the major leagues, you can hit velocity. If, it's, if someone throws 102 down the plate, even I've made contact off 102 down the middle with a pitching machine. Obviously, it's a little different, but you know, major league hitters will hit velocity. So you need, need to have movement behind it. So that'd be interesting to see if that changes for him moving forward here, but. I do agree that there is some list here. So while I think he might have the similar upside to D.L. Hall, I think the floor is a little bit lower, so I would lean Hall here. But uh, definitely in, uh, encouraging to see both of them off to great starts so far. And another one here sticking in the NL Central, former Yankees arm now with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Roanze Contreras is just unhittable right now and striking everybody out Uh, his first start for double a Altoona last week five innings five hits no runs no walks 11 strikeouts and then tonight's more of the same so there we go six innings no hits no runs two walks 11 Ks. and now he now has 22 strikeouts and no runs allowed through 11 innings Uh, this is a guy that was not in my top 300 my last update, but he will be now, you know, the upside's always kind of been there for him, but you know, he's just very raw and hadn't really shown a whole ton of success, but you know, what have you seen from him so far this year? Um, obviously he's been really impressive, but you know, how high do you think a guy like Rowan Z Contreras can climb up prospect rankings this year? Chris,
1: I think that's the interesting question and that's one that, you know, I'm going to continue to struggle with is like, you know, how long do I need to see this before I can really push him up? But, man, he's been impressive. And I think that in the past, the strikeouts have been the concern. You know, you look at his strikeout rate in in 2019. He pitched 132 innings in single A ball and only struck out 21% of hitters. And now you see this jump, and it's like, man, it's been impressive. But he's right. had the arsenal. I mean, think, you look at his, his pitches, and I think he, you know, in the past arguably had three average to above average pitches in his fastball slider and changeup. And obviously those have been sharp. His command's been sharp too, which is obviously a huge plus. He's never walked a ton of hitters, which is encouraging. But man, you know, when you're striking guys out the rate he is, you're obviously going to have good results. We'll see if it sticks. I think so far he's, he warrants being a you know top 250 prospect, but how high could he go? I think it totally depends on how long this sticks. I want to see this for a month plus. I want to see this for... Obviously not this level, but I want to see him perform at a high level for five to seven stars before I say, all right, this dude's legit. Like he's a legit, like could be a high end pitching prospect. But, you know, what I've seen so far, been impressive. He's been fantastic. So it's hard to argue with the results that that he's put out.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Totally agree. And he's got the good three pitch mix, fastball, curveball, changeup all, you know, right right around above average offerings. None, None are really like plus or better weapons, but really good arsenal, like you mentioned, doesn't walk too many guys. And yeah, I think it's really all about, at least for fantasy purposes, obviously the strikeout, right? Like you mentioned under 21% coming into the season and we'll have to see if obviously he's not going to stick at this high a rate, you know, 50 ish percent, but if he can just get up to like 25, 26, 27% into like that, that's what I consider good or above average range. I like to see twenty five plus percent from prospects. You know, obviously, 30, 30 plus percent is elite. But if this K rate sticks, that'd be great. You know, Pittsburgh does worry me though, with you know how they've handled pitching prospects in the past. So that does give me a little bit of pause on moving him too highly. But definitely one to at least monitor. Friend, and maybe not rush out and add him in, in dynasty leagues, unless you're in a deeper dynasty league. But Definitely, at least a name to kind of monitor, put on your watch list, whatever it may be, because there's definitely some upside here, um, for sure. Uh, kind of lastly, here going out to the West Coast, Josiah Gray, you know, with Dustin May out for the year, uh, Tony Gonzo was not quite back yet. I think dust uh, I think Josiah Gray might be kind of next man up now, kind of that sixth guy even with Gonsolin probably slotting in the maze role, if they need another arm soon, I think it might be Josiah Gray. Although I'm not a huge Josiah Gray guy. I've kind of had him outside my top 100 for a while, not too far outside my top 100, but I'm not quite as high on him as others are. So even if he does get the call here soon, if they need another arm within the next month or so, I wouldn't be rushing out to the waiver wire to get him, but... I don't know, what are your thoughts on Josiah Gray and do you think he's up soon if the Dodgers need another arm? I
1: don't
0: know if they rush
1: him. They're they're never the type to really rush guys, but maybe he is ready, you know? I mean, we saw him in AA in 2019. The 2020 season was a lost season, but he still, you know, probably had plenty of development time at the outside and in instructs and so you at least get that. Now, how long do they want him in AAA? You know, we'll see. He looked great his first outing. He struck out 10 over 5 innings was encouraging. We'll see how long it sticks. You know, I think that he's got good stuff, but the question for me, I guess is, you know, how will the Dodgers utilize him? Because they love yeah. playing around with guys and, you know, they toy with guys, they use them in weird roles. And, you know, look at Julio Urias, where it's taken him so long to finally blossom and get innings, you know, for so long. I mean, he was the top pitching prospect in the game at one point. Yeah, they right. just use him in all kinds of weird roles. Yes, I think that maybe an out gives him a decent shot, but you know, Gonsolin naturally slides in when he's back. I don't see Gray up before Gonsolin's back, so unless someone else goes down, it'd be interesting. And I don't know. They, they're the ones that could always go out and trade for any starter they want to as well. So how they use him, I think that's the question. Hopefully they view him as a starter long-term. But you know, right now... You've got Kershaw locked up for a while. You've got Trevor Bauer locked up for the next several years. You've got Bueller for a while. You rise for a while. May Gonçal, where does he fit? You know, right? It's hard to say. Maybe he's a trade ship. Maybe Could they use be. him as a trade ship to find you know to fill a hole in the lineup because the lineup has not been great. So maybe he gets shipped off somewhere. That'd be interesting to see. I don't know for sure, but you know, I do. I do like Gray. I think he's got some good upside. I I won't say he's got like a super high ceiling, but he's got a good floor too to go with him. And I think he has the the chance to be a pretty solid starter, but you know, I don't see them rushing him. Don't see him up that soon, but you know, I could be wrong and we'll see. I want to keep, I want to see the results consistent in AAA before we, we say, well, I think he's ready to perform at the major league level.
0: Yep. Agreed. I think he's more of a mid season call up, but who knows they had another injury. Maybe they're kind of forced to, you know, call him up a little earlier than they would like to, but any other names here Chris that have stood out to you early this season on the pitching side of things?
1: Uh there's actually been some, you know, plenty of good guys that have really stood out. You look at at Jake Eder. Eder, I hope I'm saying that right. You know, he was <laughs> dominant in his first start. Nick Lodolo, who people were a lot were pretty down on in uh the offseason, he looked great in his first time out. Cade Cavale was was pretty good, and he's a recent draft. He says this is the first we're getting to really see him. And and then your Royals guys, Jackson Coar and Jonathan Bolin have been pretty good. So a lot of guys have stood out, but again, it's been small samples, one or two starts. So you take it with a grain of salt and, you know, those are the guys we have to monitor. We've we've got 30 plus plate appearances for hitters, but we've got, you know, one start out of pitchers. So with prospects, I think you have to be more cautious with the pitchers before making huge adjustments. But yeah, those are some guys that I'm monitoring and and like what I've seen so far. And one more I'll hit on that I like that I think could be up soon is, is Joe Ryan with the Rays. Yeah. He's, he's a guy I've been a fan of, you know, he's, he's not flashy by any means. He just kind of gets the job done and flies under the radar. You know, he's put up some pretty gaudy strikeout rates though, in the minors, you know, 35, 40, 45%. He doesn't walk a ton of batters. You know, he was dominant in his first start in triple a. And, you know, that's exactly what you want to see out of a guy like this. He had a negative FIP, which is actually kind of funny. But I think he could be up. I mean, at this point, he's 24 years old. He'll be 25 soon. So he's he's an older prospect. But Ryan's got the the pedigree. You know, as a prospect, he's been good for several years now, and I could see him coming up and pitching. But again, the Rays, you know, how would they utilize him? <laughs> not real sure. They could screw them real quick and not make him a starter. So who knows, man, but Joe Ryan is one that you know I've been a fan of and I think that could be up fairly soon for the Rays.
0: Yeah, he's always kind of flown under the radar as to well all the other big names that they always have in that system. But yeah, Joe Ryan is definitely a name that's been flying up my list for a while now and definitely think he could make an impact this season. A couple of names I wanted to mention here before we get out of here. Uh, first off, Sam Carlson of the Mariners made his first start in four years in battling a lot of injuries. But he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Now, he was he was a big time pitch not, you know elite pitching prospect, but definitely an intriguing pitching prospect. He was a second round pick back in 2017. only got a little bit of time in rookie ball before the injuries set him. but you know solid three pitch mix, you know we'll see how the command and control looks here, you know, post all these injuries and surgeries, but made his like I said, made his first start of the season a couple of days ago and for, for uh, low a Modesta. Uh, four innings, two hits, uh, Was it no runs, one walk, seven Ks. Looked pretty good. Uh, that's definitely a name just to keep an eye on. Got some decent upside. Could be a mid-rotation starter down the road. Um, it's definitely just a name to fly away and keep an eye on. If he continues to look good, I'd be looking to add him. Uh, could be a top, maybe a top 200 prospect by season's end. He's at that type of upside. And then Luis Medina of the Yankees has looked really good in his first two starts of the season. He's already racked up 15 strikeouts through nine innings, allowed two hits and four walks, no, uh, no earned runs so far, and he is one that just has all the upside in the world. But the command and control have really been spotty. He showed glimpses of improving that late in 2019, and unfortunately, you know, missing the 2020 season really, really hurt him. He was kind of making strides there, so. You know, the four walks, nine innings, not great, but um, definitely better than what he used to be at. So um, definitely keeping my eye on Luis Medina here moving forward. Um, if he continues this, he'd be definitely one that's going to really shoot up rankings, especially if he shows that and he's made some, some additional strides with his command and control. Because he is, like I said, all the upside in the world. Maybe he's a reliever long term, but he's going to have an impact somehow, some way with his stuff. You know, maybe it's as a starter, maybe as a reliever. That remains to be seen. But you know, definitely one to keep an eye on in in dynasty leagues here, and probably try to scoop up now because I, I got a feeling he's going to move up rankings a good amount this season. But all right, that's going to wrap up this episode. We hope everyone enjoyed it and that it was beneficial to you in your dynasty leagues. Again, you can follow us on Twitter. Chris is at Roto I am at aircross 4 and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. And check out all of our written work at FantraxHQ.com. We'll be back with you again next week with more Dynasty and Prospect talk. But until Until then, everyone take care.